0: I'd like to start again with just a, a reminder that I'm talking about leadership in this uh, particular series, and it has to do with leadership for me. You know, Ephesians chapter four, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I'm trying to sort out some of the things that I've learned and pass them on, and I've already done the first part in. in um, just explaining from scripture the, the error we make in drawing attention to ourselves. I, I did not um, plan on saying that it's always a sin, but the motive behind drawing attention to ourselves certainly can be. We must glorify God in everything we do. And so this second part now, which is point number three, really, it's called the promotion of self. It has um, a lot of parallels with what I just did last in part one, but I want to enlarge on some stuff here. Jesus' ministry of healing and deliverance was driven by compassion, not by selling himself as a great religious person. And Matthew 14, 14, it tells us there, Jesus moved by compassion for the people was when he fed the 5,000 plus. The women that were there, and the children now it 's interesting how there 's something within each one of us, I would think that we want to enlarge we want to get something bigger, we want to be known or whatever it is it 's you know the the whole um, thing of nature trees want to get bigger, and flowers want to be blooming, and so we want to go somewhere so When they came to Jesus at one time in in John chapter 6, verse 15, it says that Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force. Whoa! What an opportunity! I probably would have said, praise the Lord, it's about time somebody's noticed me and making me famous. But what did Jesus do when they tried to make him king? By four? It says he withdrew again to a mountain by himself. That means he hid himself from them. They couldn't find him. And there's this thing within us that wants to be famous. Maybe that doesn't apply to everybody. But boy, it sure did to me. And I just, I had to begin to realize God hates it when I try to promote myself and try to be somebody that he hasn't called me to be, at least not yet. And so there's a need for me to recognize that God, if God wants me to be famous, if God wants me to be popular, he's the one responsible for it. As a matter of fact, there's one of the verses in the Old Testament that promotion does not come from the East nor from the West, but it comes from the Lord. And that's what we need to be patient. Be patient that God will do it in His time. So many ministries have floundered and have died in the wilderness because they got ahead of God and then God wasn't there. And it's too bad. The bones of the desert are simply ministers that wouldn't wait on the Lord. In John 7, I'm going to read verses 3, 4, 6, and 10. Jesus' brothers said to him, you ought to leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. In other words, this is family now. His family saying, hey, you want to be popular? You got to go where the people are. No one, it says in verse 4, who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. In other words, you're doing things that could make you popular. And then I'll go take some steps. Do something so people can see you and, and you can become popular. But you see what the, this family of Jesus didn't understand was that the way we do things in the world is is very common for the way they do things in the kingdom of god to be the very opposite give you one example if i was god and i was going to send my only begotten son who would eventually be king of the world i would have i would have rented the um convention hall of the best hotel in town I would have hired the best band and the best speakers and I would have had a thing where I present my son Jesus as a baby for the whole world to ooh and all ah because of the great splendor of how I've introduced him you all know <laughs> he ended up in a manger in a stable And you know, if you know what stables are like, animals are there, and if there's animals there, you kind of watch where you're walking. That's where he was born. And he didn't have the dignitaries and the bands. What did he do? He asked some shepherds, shepherds. I heard one guy describe them this way. This may not be fair to all of them and not true, But if the shepherds drove their flock of sheep through your town, when they were gone, you probably checked around your house to see what was missing. They weren't revered citizens. I guess it didn't take much education to be a shepherd, to sit out in the hillside watching the sheep. And so, probably the low end of the social scale, which is too bad. But that's probably who were the shepherds. Well, why, why did you use them instead of some dignitaries, the mayor and his council and your, your, your high-educated people and a choir? The choir that he had was the angels, but nobody heard the angels except the shepherds. You see, the way the world does things is often in our minds the way we should do things in the church the promotion in the church, but you see, though, Jesus said, I can do it differently and still get what I want, and Jesus did accomplish what he was sent to accomplish. So Jesus simply said in verse 6, Jesus told them, the right time for me has not yet come. For you, any time is right. In other words, you're in the world, your time is right. My time is not here because I'm part of the kingdom. And his time didn't come until he came out of the grave. However, after his brothers had left for the feast in verse 10, he he went up also, but not publicly, but in secret. I'm just reading this. We need to realize how different Jesus is from what we are. At least me. He's so different to the way I minister for so many years. And yet I used to say, I want to be like Jesus. Well, he's been working on me. And I I want to get there where everything I do in ministry would reflect Jesus and not me. You pray that. I've prayed it. We need to pray it. Now in Acts 14, this is Paul and Barnabas, and they healed a crippled man in Lystra. When the crowd saw that what Paul had done, they shouted in the Laodicean language, the gods have come down to us in human form. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just out the side of the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. Oh, man, it didn't take us long to get famous here. We just healed somebody, and already they look on us as gods. Is that what Paul and Barnabas said? No. When the apostles, Paul and Barnabas, heard this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, man, why are you doing this? We, too, are only men, human like you. They rejected any promotion of self by the people. They rejected it. Now, again, Jesus' brothers, James was Jesus' brother. It says in Galatians 1.19 and in Matthew 13.55, it talks about his family coming to him and James is one of the ones he mentioned as a brother. But when James wrote his letter, he never ever once referred to himself as a physical blood brother of Jesus. He didn't. Paul in Galatians mentions it, but he didn't. Matthew mentions it, but he didn't. What's he doing? He didn't want to distract when people are reading the book of James. And let's look at some others. The writer of the Hebrews. Why don't we know who the writer of the Hebrews was? Theologians have discussed then, wasting their time trying to to figure out who wrote the book of Hebrews. I look at the book of Hebrews and I say, the man who wrote that was so concerned about exalting Jesus, he refused to make his name on it because that might distract from the greatness of Jesus. Matthew and John, those two apostles who wrote in their in their gospels, they did everything they could. Matthew doesn't say, and I was chosen. He said, Matthew was chosen and John he refers to the other disciple when he's talking about himself or the disciple that Jesus loved they were careful not to take attention from Jesus and, and Judas when he betrayed Jesus he had to identify Jesus with a kiss because the Pharisees and the soldiers would not know Jesus from the other disciples And why was that? Because Jesus was adamant, I don't want to draw attention to myself. So his dress was the same as everybody else. His manners were the same as everybody else. Nothing set him apart as different from the other disciples or the the apostles. So we see in this, Jesus' brother James, the, the writer of Hebrews, Matthew and John, they refuse to do anything to distract from us seeing Jesus in their writings. Boy, I don't know what to say to you if you've, you've written a book and you've got your name on it. You got might have your picture on the inside leaf or the back cover and your whole, you know, a, a summary of your life. Ministry, how many continents you're preached on, how many countries. I don't want to say to you that that's wrong. I don't want to say it's a sin. Because I think if, if you have a book without your name on it, people aren't going to buy it. They want to know who wrote it. I understand that. But if your name is on, if your picture's there, make sure your motive is right. Make sure it's right. A man that I highly respect as a teacher. Somebody just gave me one of his latest books. What do he have a full page of himself kind of sprawled out in an easy chair? Look at me, I'm handsome. I don't know what he was saying. It just doesn't ring right with him. Kind of spoil the book for me. So you ask the Lord, what is proper? When it comes to me and being made known. What is proper? I don't want to be different from anyone. I don't want people to look at me if, instead of looking at others. I want them to look at Jesus. In Second Corinthians 5.20. And it's the first part of that verse. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. Now, an ambassador is someone who represents probably a king or a prime minister, president, somebody important. But you need to think about this. If an ambassador was in another country doing business for the king, but in his behavior, he was drawing attention to how great an ambassador he was and how successful he'd been. I would think he would lose favor with the people that were listening to him. And I would think that when the king or the president or the prime minister that hears about him would probably fire him. It's not his job, we're ambassadors. When Paul refers to us as a bond servant, It's a willing slave, a slave who decided to stay with his master even though he was freed. We're called to be bond servants. Bond servants are not great people in their own eyes. You know in the Old Testament when the Queen of Sheba came, to visit with Solomon and talk to him and ask him questions. It said she was amazed at his wisdom, but she also said she was amazed just at the, the setting of his table for his banquets and stuff. She was amazed. Now, just a minute. Do you think Solomon did that? No, of course not. His servants did that. But the servants did that. They probably learned it from the David's regime or even Saul's regime. How to set up a table, how to do it properly. Every knife, fork, and fork, and spoon has to be right, the dishes, have to, everything has to be perfect. The goblets for this, the goblets for that, everything's perfect. Solomon didn't set that tail. He probably didn't have a clue how to do it. But he got the credit for it. And that's the way God is. We do the things that God has called us to do so he can get credit for what the people say. I'm going to recommend this is, um, I recommend a video about this next section. This is called pride versus humility. So have yourself a pencil and pen ready at the very end. I'm going to be putting up on the screen a, uh, some information about a video. I, wonder, I want to talk about pride because it is the reason we fall into sin. It is the main reason. Pride says, I know better than God, I'll do it my way. Luke 22:24. 24. Also, a dispute arose among them, that's the disciples, as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Listen, in the staff that I've had in our ministry, if I come into a room and they're discussing, I'm better than you are, or I'm greater than you, I would have fired the whole bunch of them. In Acts nine verse, in Acts eight verse nine, Simon the sorcerer, people recognized him because he claimed. be someone great have you ever the sorcerers do it the demon demon inspired people do it do you do it claiming to be someone great boasting of what you've done boasting of how God has used you Matthew 23 verse 12 he says whoever exalts himself will be humbled that's a promise. You don't see that in the promise books really, but that's a promise. If you exalt yourself, lift yourself up from where you're not you're not supposed to be, you will be humbled. But on the other hand, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. We're gonna talk more about that in a minute. But we need to recognize When the Bible says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, in 1 Peter and in James, both those books quote the Old Testament. God is opposed to the proud. James and 1 Peter 5, both mention it. God is opposed to the proud. Listen to me, pastor. Listen to me, teacher. If you're ministering, which I assume you are because you're listening to this, And if there's pride in your life, God's opposed to what you're doing, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, we should be people who say, I will humble myself. We don't ask God to humble us. I only did that once, and boy, he did. Matthew 23, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Don't forget, the Lord is working on your pride if it's there. King Nebuchadnezzar from Daniel chapter four. It's that whole chapter. As a matter of fact, if you want to see how a son, Nebuchadnezzar's son Belshazzar, how he responded to what God did to Nebuchadnezzar, go to Daniel chapter five. But this was King Nebuchadnezzar after he'd been humbled, spent seven years in the in the in the wilderness like an animal. And he came to his mind and he said, those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. He knew it. He experienced it. You see, in the vision that he had and the interpretation that Daniel had, when he said there was a bronze and iron band around the stump of the tree after it was cut down. You see, that iron and bronze represents God's judgment. God will judge the proud. Nebuchadnezzar found out. Please, if you value the ministry, you can destroy it with pride, and somewhere God will destroy you because we must deal with pride. He will humble us if we don't humble ourselves. When he humbles us, that's humiliation. When we humble ourselves, that's humility, and it's much better. Isaiah 2 verse 11. This is God's response to pride. The eyes of the arrogant man will be humbled and the pride of men brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The Lord God has a day in store for all the proud and lofty. For all that is exalted, they will be humbled. Verse 17, the arrogance of man will be brought low and the pride of man humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. What an awesome prophecy of Isaiah. But it's true today. It has not been diminished in value. Philippians two, this is about Jesus, verses six to nine. It says, it's talking about attitude who, should be the same as Christ Jesus, who being in, the, in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Can I please, yes, we need to have a good image of ourselves, but we need to recognize that that good image of ourselves, that worth that we have, is from God, it's not from this vessel of clay, as the Bible calls it. I once remind myself, and I have to do it every once again, just to remind myself, Howard, don't forget you're just made out of dirt. So therefore, I have no right to exalt myself. If God wants to exalt me, that's up to him. I'm a servant. Servants, go on those. They have no name. When Solomon's table was so greatly set, we haven't had any scripture that gave us the name of the servants that sent So being in the nature of God, did not consider equality, but in verse 7, but made himself nothing. We spend hours in counseling trying to be made into something and God did the very opposite through us and he made himself as nothing. We can't experience the greatness of God. Working through us until we make ourselves as nothing. You need to say to the Lord once in a while, I recognize I'm a lump of clay, temple of clay, but I want that treasure inside. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. May I recover this? I want to say, human, I'm a human, I'm a servant, and I'm nothing. Without Jesus, I'm nothing. Jesus emptied himself, so he was nothing. So the Holy Spirit could use him. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Oh, he kind of, he's walking down the corridor of his, and there's a mirror right there. And he looks in the mirror and he said, oh my goodness. I'm a man, the first thing I have to do is humble myself, because man's chronic problem is pride. It destroyed Adam and Eve because they said, oh, I can be like God, and I can have wisdom, I can bring myself up, and so they disobeyed God and obeyed the serpent. Pride was there saying, I know better than God. He not only humbled himself, but he came obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him because of his willingness to die, listen, he was willing to die to man's praise. He was willing to die to to not share things that would exalt him instead of God. He was willing to die to anything that would promote him above the Lord Jesus Christ therefore because he was willing to die willing to humble therefore verse 9 god exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name glory to god so in that small passage those four verses from philippians chapter 2 You would be wise to go to that chapter and start praying through, I want to be like Jesus. I want to humble myself as Jesus. I want to do what he did in order to be free from the pride that is destroying mankind, it's destroying civilizations, it's destroying homes, it's destroying people in the home, but it's also destroying ministers of the gospel. Men in the fivefold ministry are being destroyed. The country has a lot. This country has a lot of men and women who at one time were in ministry and are now out of ministry. And it could be that with some of them, it's because they never understood what it meant to humble themselves. And therefore, God humbled them. John 30, verse 30. What is John the the baptist he's saying here i must become i'm sorry he must become greater i must become less i think the old king says, king james says he must i must decrease so he can increase i must decrease so he can increase now i told you I wanted to give you a website about a DVD by a man named Floyd McClung. The title of the DVD is The Root and Fruit of Pride. It's three 40-minute sessions. And that teaching has done more to change my life in this area of pride versus humility than any book or anything else I've written. Or a red, and you see what we do with this DVD in our ministry. We have, we give out a sheet, and and he, Floyd talks about the characteristics of pride, and people check off every characteristic that they sense the Lord is instructing them. Yes, you fit in there, or yes, you fit in there. So when you watch this, you need to. Make a list of the characteristics of pride. And then with that list, spend the next number of days, maybe weeks, taking one at a time. Maybe spending time directly against it, crucifying it, driving the nails in it. Paul said to crucify ourselves. Do that. Be diligent. You've got it. The last I looked at that website, the set is only $20. In the name of Jesus, Father, help us with that pride. We need to humble ourselves, give us understanding how to humble ourselves. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Please visit our website at jwmi.ca to find out about more information of our ministry.